Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I'm your host, Amir Grigic, and today with me is Niels van den Bouverie. Yes. Did I say it correctly? <laughs> More or less, yeah. Uh, and uh, he works at uh, Team Leader, and he's from Belgium. Actually, uh, one my first guest from Belgium. <laughs> cool. Uh, welcome, Niels. Um, and let's start off with a little bit about you, uh, a bit about your background, and also how you got to start at, uh, at Team Leader. So cool. could you tell a little bit about that? Cool. Thanks, Amir. Uh, so, hey, I'm Niels. I'm working five years for Team Leader. And before Team Leader, I went to university. Got to know Jeroen, the CEO and co-founder uh, of Team Leader. Um, and when I finished my studies, I had the aspiration to go traveling, um, but they don't really have necessary funds. <laughs> so uh, I built That's up. tricky. <laughs> That's tricky, yeah. <laughs> um, but I found like a creative uh, way to, do, uh, to still go on a... Uh, on travel, um, I built a website, getmeroundworld.com. Uh, and actually, uh, Jeroen and his two co-founders next to Team Leader, they still had a web agency in order to, to start off. Yeah, to uh, get the funds necessary to get the product working, yeah. Indeed, yeah. So like bootstrapping and getting in some cash from building websites. Um, so they built also a website for me uh, to get me around the world. Uh, it was like a map, a blank map. And people who were willing to sponsor me, could buy a country. Um, and so mm. I could collect like 12,000 euro so to go on uh, on travel. And so everything went fine. Um, the company, team leader, uh, they built the, the website. Um, I got my funds. I went traveling. And when I came back, um, I was looking for a job. Um, and I was going to the big dredgers, Deme, Jan den Ull, but you also have in Holland here, yep. on Oort. Um, but also Jeroen came to me and said like, yeah, you're quite interesting. You finished your studies, then you went traveling, you found a creative way to do so. Maybe you should start a team leader. Uh, we did our first funding round. It's the perfect moment to join. We have a great product. I knew the product. I also liked it a lot mm-hmm. um, because... And my studies also worked like, a bit like a freelancer. And I made all my invoices, quotations in Word and Excel. So I knew the pain, what a lot of entrepreneurs are facing. Yep. And I liked the product as it's like super user-friendly. Um, the necessary funds were there. They had their first, first round. They had the product. And like it was like open to scale. So I thought, yeah, why not? Let's yeah. join. And what I was wondering about is how did you get to know each other? So how did you get to know one of the co-founders? Uh, it was like during my studies, mm-hmm. I also um, had like small company with some friends to rent out cars and okay. Jeroen had his company to build websites. Ah, from there. Yeah. And so we got to know each other. So uh, when I needed a website, I contacted Jeroen and so we get to know each other better. And uh, and that's how. Yeah. How many countries did you visit in the end? <laughs> uh, we did like a whole Latin America. So my girlfriend also joined. Okay. Uh, so we did like Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay. Um, so yeah, it was a cool tour. Well, yeah, crazy because I I didn't hear. It's kind of like crowdfunding, right? Yeah, so it's, it's kind a, of crowdfunding. Yeah. Uh, so when you started at Team Leader, how many people were there? Uh, so when I started, we were like five, six people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I joined, also a lot of other people started joining Team Leader. Uh, before the funding round, it was like a very small team, uh, mainly focusing on building a product. Um, when uh, 
I joined, we were starting to really build a company, uh, like having uh, a product team, having an engineering team, having a sales team, a marketing team. Um, yeah. Me personally, I focused on the partners. So uh, by hiring more people, there was becoming more structure in the company and we were really starting to scale the, the, the company. Uh, yeah, and what, what I was wondering about, because could you tell a little bit about what Team Leader is actually? So people have a sense of what the, the actual product is. Yeah. So Team Leader focuses on three areas. Uh, first area is like CRM sales functionality. Second one is like project management time tracking. And then the third one is invoicing. So we combine those three pillars in, into one application and that makes us kind of unique. So you have a lot of tools for CRM, you have a lot of tools for project management, a lot of tools for invoicing, but we combine actually the three in one. And during the years, we also build an API and a lot of integrations on top of that product. So that makes us kind of a, a unique product in the market. Mm. And um, why would someone, for example, uh, we're a client, so <laughs> just so a disclaimer, we, we work with Team Leader. Uh, but um, what, what I was wondering about is why, uh, why do you, most people pick you? So why do most people pick Team Leader over the other CRM that they could, uh, could take in that sense or a product like, uh, like Team Leader? Well, we focus a lot on small companies. Mm -hmm. um, and what you see in those small and micro companies is that actually you only have the choice to go for very uh, sole tools, like tools who only do like CRM, only do time tracking, only do invoicing. And then if you have to combine all those licenses, getting pretty expensive and then you still have to connect everything to each other. Mm -hmm. So you have kind of a complex setup, uh, which costs you quite a lot of money. Uh, and we go more for an all-in-one approach, but still having the needed, the necessary integrations with Google, with MailChimp and, and so on. Mm -hmm. So we try to find a solution for those small companies who need like an integrated tool but like then the integrated tools which do exist on the market uh, like Dynamics, Salesforce they are built for bigger companies and not for the small ones yeah. so yeah that was our pain as well uh, because we we have like uh, 10 people in the company and we were using Salesforce and we we're like okay why are we paying I don't know I think it was like 5,000 euros or something like that uh, uh, a a year actually yeah a year and we were like okay this is way too much for what we're getting out of it right mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a pretty okay product uh, but you need to have at least someone have helping you getting into the consultancy stuff uh, getting it set up because getting set up on for example a salesforce or whatever uh it's it's not that easy right it's mm -hmm. not just okay click and play that mm -hmm. that's not how it works um is that also something that you guys focus on as in uh, when i become a client uh, is that is that kind of your main focus to get it uh, up and running as easily as possible yeah. well what you're telling now describing now is like a typical pain we hear from customers is like the integrated tools are way too complex way too too expensive uh, on the other side we also see people using excel words uh, to do crm or their inbox in outlook so it's not really a tool built built for doing uh, things like that um, and uh, to the question do you help on board customer yeah uh, sure it's one of our our uh, teams or one of the most important teams in the company. So we have like the sales team who is focusing on like, can we help this customer? We also qualify a lot. So like, is this customer really a fit for the product or not? Mm -hmm. um, but after the sales, then the real job starts and it's like the onboarding process. So um, every customer has like a dedicated onboarding person in the first three months where we really help the customer 
do the imports to, to SATI templates, but we make it as user-friendly as possible. So the customer can also do it themselves if they, if they like. Mm. But if, uh, if there is need for assistance, there's someone to help you, uh, to guide you uh, to the right buttons. Yeah, so you mentioned that uh, when it isn't a good fit, right? Because that mm -hmm. could happen. I mean, uh, it, it happened with us, or mm -hmm. uh, for example, with Salesforce, but it can happen for anyone, right? So how do you kind of assess that? So how do you mm -hmm. feel if that fit is there or it isn't there? Yeah. So actually our sales team today is like split up in, in two, uh, two main teams. Uh, and one te team is the inside sales team and the other one is the real sales team. Mm -hmm. And like uh, the inside sales team, this qualification. So their job is to qualify leads who come in mainly through the website. So you go to our website, you see like free trial. Okay, let's leave my details. You get a free trial, which you can start playing with yourself. But we also will follow up you up, uh, like the inside sales will uh, do a follow up and they will call you and they will ask you which type of co uh, company are you? How many people are you? Which tools are you using today? Um, so trying to identify, is this a fit? And if it's not, we will... Just say it like, we think the team leader is not the right choice for you. Uh, look maybe for this or that alternative, mm. but we will only send people to sales if they are qualified for the tool. Otherwise, maybe we can sell, but then they leave after three months, after a year. Yeah. So it's it's not worth the investment. Um, yeah, you're going for a long, long-standing relationship with the client because, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, switching up your CRM or however you want to call the package that you're using for it, is uh, is a big thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, switching from Salesforce to Team Leader or from whatever to Team Leader is a big step because you need to uh, get along every uh, like uh, the deals, the the contracts, the, the things like that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so um, what what was interesting to me is that you guys have a big marketplace, mm -hmm. and you were previously uh, responsible also for that whole marketplace thing mm -hmm. and uh, and all the APIs surrounding that. So. Why was that such a big focus for you guys? Mm -hmm. So uh, I started like five years ago uh, at Team Leader and like the three, two, three first year, I was mainly focusing on the partner sales part of Team Leader, mm -hmm. like Belgium, Netherlands, and later also Italy, France. Um, but then what I saw in the market is like we built like 20, 30 integrations. We had a first version of the API and people were starting integrating other tools to Team Leader, but there was like no central place to find which tools can I integrate with Team Leader and what are the possibilities? And I came up with the idea, like, we should have, like, some kind of marketplace. Uh, I went to Jeroen and said, like, yeah, we have this big opportunity. We have these integrations who, who we built ourselves, which are used a lot already. And then we have third parties also starting building integrations. And back then, like, two, three years ago, it was really starting. Everyone starting to integrate with each other. Uh, but there was no central place to find this information. What happened is like a customer called us. Uh, yeah, do you have a contact sync for HubSpot? And they, because it was not on our website, it was not in the tool. It was nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was possible because we had a partner, PySync, who is specialized in syncing contacts. Um, and then often the person from support asked me through Slack, hey, Niels, uh, do you know a tool to sync contacts? <laughs> yeah, sure. Use this tool. Use PySync. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not super efficient. And no. then also the customer has to, to really reach out before they can get the information. So um, like the first step to take with the marketplace was like bringing out documentation, show which integrations are possible. Um, so that was really the first step and not building an API, but this was really showing what are the possibilities today. Um, yeah. And, and how do you... 
do it as easily as possible so then just someone can click it and that's it yeah. and fill in their details maybe or even do some kind of OAuth or whatever right? yeah. uh, so what I was wondering about is um, when you when you think about these kind of integrations right uh, how do you pick the right one so how do you know which are the 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 ones to pick to service your clients the best mm-hmm. how, how do you how do you because you have some uh, integrations with with uh, for example suppliers that are mainly in the Netherlands or mainly in Belgium mm-hmm. or whatever so how do you pick that yeah so well we have like three big categories of of integrations like we have integrations we built ourselves and there we really choose to go for the dominant players in the market which is Google Mailchimp but then for really crucial integrations we also go for local ones like bookkeeping is super important for us as we make invoices in team leader and those invoices need to go to the accountants and there we also integrate with the main bookkeeping players in the market but we have some requirements there they should be fully cloud based they should have an API so there are a lot of like technical requirements before we start building and also like they should have a good product they should have sufficient customers in our core markets um, and examples of those are like Yuki, Exact. Yeah. Um, so there we, we go not for the global players but for the more local players um, as like accounting is very typical to the market also and as they are so crucial in the flow which team leaders supports and like actually what we we have like the three pillars but if you look uh, a bit more macro what we do is like we go from lead to like a potential customer to the cash to the invoice and the crucial integrations are at the end like to to go to the accounting but also in the beginning it's like to bring leads into the tool and there we have a lot of connections like with wordpress but also through zapier mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of landing page tools which can be integrated easily um, yeah and that, that's that's something that i've noticed as well because i can imagine that a lot of potential or clients or potential clients already have some kind of software right mm-hmm. and they're like okay i want to integrate team leader with my software as well mm-hmm. Uh, which we did on our side as well. We we were like, okay, we need to, for example, when we close a ticket within a team mm-hmm. leader, we want to send out a survey. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's most lo- the most logical explanation for us to to use something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's what what drove me a bit as well is that I, I saw that kind of focus on integrations, and that's that's something that, uh, as you said, uh, you were pretty early in because the I think that kind of integration push came from uh, from Slack. Uh, mm-hmm. mostly because Slack did it that good that everybody was like, okay, why aren't we integrating more? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that, that was interesting to me. So um, what I was wondering about, you mentioned Zapier as well, because I think that's an interesting integration as well. Uh, what was kind of the reasoning behind that? Because it's, of course, Zapier is a platform that connects, for example, Team Leader to a lot of different uh, mm-hmm. options. So what was the reasoning behind that? Yeah, so uh, really in the beginning and where I first focused on is like integration we built ourselves, like mm-hmm. with the global players, like with the bookkeeping tools. But next to that, we have like two other categories. Um, and one category is really the Zapiers of this world or Zapiers, however you call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and those tools are really specialized in like their tool is connecting. It's They don't have a tool as such or they have a tool but their core business is, is connecting uh, applications to each other and we have multiple of those applications connected to team leader Zapier is one of them PySync is there for contact sync then we have CombiDesk uh, here in Holland uh, who does a lot of more financial integrations um, so we have multiple players in that area who focus on connecting tools to each other um, 
And they often, or they always ask like a fee to connect tools to each other. So that's like their core business. But this is also super interesting for us as you discover what is used a lot. Um, so we built the Zapier integration, but then what is the interesting part is you, you just open uh, Zapier, you put your on the marketplace, and then you see maybe... 30% of all the installs come from WordPress, then mm. it's maybe a good idea to build a WordPress native one. Exactly. Um, so yeah. it really helps you to, to identify the, the, the tools where to integrate directly. Um, and it gives a lot of possibility also for the more niche tools where maybe for us as team leader, it's not worth investing in integration, but still you can offer it through a partner. Mm. Um, so you can say yes to your customer. Do yeah. you have this integration? We don't have it natively, but yes, you can do it through this partner. Um, yeah, they only need to pay for the partner in that sense, uh, extra, because they they want to have that through Zapier, for, for example. Because that's also the reasoning behind picking it, right? After uh, when you see if some, something is popular to create it natively mm -hmm. is more because you don't, you see that, as you said, maybe 30% is WordPress or whatever. Uh, you can see that, okay, these 30% of these people, uh, we can also service them with the native thing and they don't need Zapier anymore, Indeed. right? Well, and there are two benefits for the customer. Yeah. First, they don't have to pay anymore uh, for the integration. And secondly, it will be more easy to set up. Zapier is super easy, but still you need some kind of uh, setup to be done. As if you do it natively, you can really choose the flow for your customer. And then like we go today, like for three-click installs, like two times through the OAuth flow and that's it. And an install click uh, yeah. in the marketplace. So, and like, then there is actually another category, like next to like the native ones, then the Zapiers. And then we also have like small tools, which uh, often are startups and then see the ecosystem team that it has and then connects to us uh, to also engage with our customer base. But that's also super interesting for us. Um, and we really help those companies to connect with us. Uh, we can help them providing customers, but we can also help our customers bring in new solutions or connecting mm -hmm. new solutions to, to Team Leader. Um, yeah. Uh, and the, the thing is that, for example, for those integrations, it's, it's uh, the most important thing is, of course, adding value, right? Because mm -hmm. you're, you're not doing it just to have an integration. No. It's more like, okay, uh, these are things that we are maybe not suited for mm -hmm. uh, and we don't want to do, but we still want to ha have that in our package because it's such an integral part in what someone does. For example, Twilio, your integration with Twilio is, mm -hmm. is uh, a great example with that, uh, where you actually have like the whole VoIP thing inside of Team mm -hmm. Leader. Even though you're not actually doing it, it's going through someone else. Mm -hmm. It's still an integral part, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that, and that's I think uh, what a lot of companies need to focus on a little bit more mm -hmm. is to look at okay, what what's the thing we are really good at, mm -hmm. right? What's the thing that's that sets us apart uh, and where we can make the difference and all the other stuff that needs to be done around it. For example, email sending for us mm -hmm. is really important, but it's not my core business in that sense that I want to be an email provider, mm -hmm. right? I just want to use, for example, SendGrid or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the most important part, I think, with integrations. Mm -hmm. um, so what I wanted to, to discuss a little bit more as well is you were one of the first kind of employees uh, at Team Leader and um, you've been through all kinds of roles and all kinds of transitions. So uh, could you tell a little bit about that? About that? Because you went from 
uh, being just a, an employee and going to product and stuff like that. How was that transition like for you? Uh, so yeah, indeed, uh, I I did a lot of uh, pivots within the. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like your fifth or sixth role, right? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, but that's all. It's like super cool uh, to see. Like uh, I started in the the partner sales. So uh, when I started, um, there was not no sales through partners, which today is like really 30% of the revenue coming in. Mm. Um, so I started off uh, this partner sales, um, then helped the company growing Italy, France, then moved to product with the marketplace, uh, then also um, helped with the API. And today uh, I'm focusing more on, on the combination of those things. It's like, and we have a marketplace with a lot of integrations and we have a lot of sales partners. But how can you connect those to each other? And actually, that's super cool because uh, if you have a sales partner who can then also maybe uh, sell one of the tools which is connected to Team Leader and also give advice on the integration, then you have like a one-stop shop for your end customer. And it really brings a lot of value for the end customer. And so we as Team Leader can also focus more on our own product where the partner can help with the implementation, with the onboarding, mm -hmm. with uh, and not only with selling Team Leader, but helping really the company becoming more efficient and having better processes inside. Uh, yeah. So, but how was it? How was it to transi transition from, for example, as you said, maybe five, six people to I think it's over a hundred right now, right? It's one hundred sixty today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how was that transition like, right? Because uh, a lot of things change within a company culture, for example, mm -hmm. or whatever. How was that like? It, well, we change a lot, and like we change like every week, every month. Um, but for me, it's like. It's something which was always there and mm. it's something I kind of need. And I once said like, the only thing which will not change is that everything changes all the time. <laughs> it's uh, true. <laughs> so uh, I kind of got off used to it and I maybe even like a bit addicted to it. Like mm. if I see companies who don't change or I go to a shop and five years later I come back and the shop is exactly the same, I feel like what have those guys been doing? Mm. And it's something which I get used to. And what I personally also try to do is like trying to bring as much value to the company as possible. And I think in the beginning it was with the partner sales. Then secondly, it was the knowledge from the market bringing to products to build a marketplace and the integrations, the API. Hmm. And as we are having a good pace there now, I cannot bring that much value anymore there, but now I can bring more value in connecting and the marketplace API stuff with the sales part, um, as we have now very good teams in sales and products, that now maybe the the biggest value that I can bring to the company is to connect those two things uh, even more to each other. Yeah, and uh, uh, what's interesting there is that you need to have a specific type of person to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you if you weren't like this, if you weren't like, okay, change is good and we need to change, uh, what happens a lot, or at least what I see a lot around me is that uh, someone starts working, for example, companies five, six people, and it uh, grows up until like 30, 40. It's like kind of the tipping point, mm -hmm. right? Where a lot of uh, kind of smaller companies become like a company company, mm -hmm. if you can call it like that. Uh, it, it's still small, but it is uh, it is getting to a point where people are like, okay, I'm kind of losing touch from what I'm working mm -hmm. on, right? From the actual company that, I'm, that I wanted to work for. Uh, and that that makes it interesting for me is that you don't see a lot of people that make that whole transition mm -hmm. right from five people to 120 people 130 160 mm -hmm. uh, that that's that for me that's the most interesting part about this this 
these kind of transitions, mm-hmm. right? These kind of startup to company yeah. uh, company things. Um, what I uh, was wondering about as well is that uh, how when you look at that kind of product owner role that you had, right? Um, how did you how did you get like the the things that you need to to know for for that kind of role? Mm-hmm. Because you weren't in that kind of a role. You were more, as you said, more in the kind of sales area and stuff like that. So how did you get those kind of that uh, those techniques that you need to have mm-hmm. for a product owner? Is that something that you learned along the way, or was it more of a maybe even I, I didn't even know that product owners existed <laughs> a few years ago, but. Uh, how was that like for you? Mm. How did you get those those specific techniques? Yeah. Well, I think I followed a lot of my gut feeling and also like Jeroen helped a lot with that. Actually, mm. I had the idea of the marketplace and then Jeroen said, okay, uh, you want to do this? Okay, that's nice. Um, we have our big event, Work Smarter, in, uh, in three months. And actually, next week, they are starting two new developers, one front-ender, one back-ender. Here they are. They they're yours now. <laughs> Start working. <laughs> Start working, and I want to present something to the customers in three months. Um, so that was like the the assignment we had. Like we have three months time to build a marketplace. Um, we had two new uh, developers, and we we had to do something. And actually, what we did first is like. Um, we didn't start building things uh, from first, but we were wondering ourselves, okay, we have this time frame. What can we build? What can we not? Um, and then we came to a conclusion, okay, we cannot build a new API. Uh, maybe we don't have the best API today, uh, but in a time frame of three months, we will not build a new API. Um, will we do the settings? Well, it will not be possible to do the settings inside the marketplace because we don't have the time to do all of this. So the settings should stay where they are today, but there should be super easy to go from in the marketplace to the right place of your settings. Mm. Okay. And what is then uh, there to do? It's like listing up all the integrations, having a nice marketplace which shows what is in there. um, And then we can build on that. So we came quite easily to the conclusion that, or quite fast to the conclusion is that the marketplace was three main things. One is like documentation, having the explore part where all the integrations can see. A second part, which is the manage part where you can do the settings. And then a third part, the build part where you can uh, do the API stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we chose, okay, we're going to do the first part and then after works model, we'll do uh, the second and the third one. Yeah. Um, so that was the first reflection. And then we said, how going to... How should it look like? Um, so we did, did not start building it right away, but we were, first went to the designer and said like, this is the idea we have. We want to do those three blocks. We want to start with the first block. Can you make a design uh, for it? And we saw some good examples, uh, Slack, um, but also Salesforce we checked out. Yeah. Um, so we had like a few examples and we said like, should super, it should be super easy uh, super easy to use so uh, not a lot of features we want to focus on what is really the most important as we have a very strict uh, time frame Um, and then we started doing a design then we showed design to multiple people we did some changes and then we started building it Mm. and actually it was a very good choice if I look behind because if you would give the assignment of building a marketplace you would say okay I need one year and we will uh, have to do this and this and this but having that short time frame really helped to be agile and to really choose what is really needed and what not Uh, and it helped us to make good decisions uh, in the end yeah it's restricted because you have the the deadline right because you have the deadline for example 
a conference, you're not going to say, oh, you know, that conference, we can push that a week, <laughs> a week later. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, that, that's interesting because that, that makes you kind of under pressure to learn all these kind of things. Well, because was that kind of your first assignment as a product owner or not? It was really my first assignment as a product owner. And uh, I really did not know anything. And most of the things we learned by, by doing. Mm. Um, like Jens, the backend developer, he had some experience uh, from in previous teams. Yep. But we just started like with this simple Kanban board, like some kind of Trello board. And yeah. the company was already using Jira. But we were like, okay, we're a small team. We don't have to follow the rules. Cool. Uh, we just go small um, and that was really good because if we would have to follow the standard process it would take us more time and today of course the marketplace is in that standard process but today it's in a different stage yeah. uh, it was more in an experimental phase and there you need more you need to be very very agile um, where the comp where the product grows and gets more features and more customers start using it yeah. you don't gonna change everything uh, every week but in the beginning yeah, sure, uh, go for it. Yeah, and how, how was that kind of integration process after, right? So say, for instance, you, you've you done this, you've do, done like the first version, if you can call it mm -hmm. like that. Uh, how was that integration process going from uh, this kind of concept phase to uh, to actually this is a fi finished product and p teams are going to work on this? Mm -hmm. how, how, was that, how was that like? Well, so then we launched it and we get the first feedback sure. and then the feedback comes in through the normal process. So then it really started going into the normal uh, team leader product development uh, flow. Yeah. And I personally also stayed like a few more months in that team of the marketplace. So we built really all the necessary things uh, which were asked by the customers and internally. Uh, but then we came on to a point, okay, now we still have a feature request list of 100 things, but actually all of those things are not really hard requirements or there are no bugs, they're ni more nice to have than, than really must-haves. Mm -hmm. um, and then we start saying, we can keep on building a marketplace, but actually building a new API would be way more valuable. And then mm -hmm. we stopped that team and said like, yeah, we have what we want to have. Um, and now we're going to switch focus to the API as we were still using the old API and we're getting more and more integrations. But a lot of the integrators were like, yeah, you have an API. It's okay, but I want to have this and mm, you should change yeah. that. And yeah, we know we should change. Um, and then we were looking at the API and we we're saying like, okay, we can add more endpoints, uh, but we cannot really change Everything you can't we, change the structure, right? We can't change the structure indeed, yeah, or yeah. we would break a lot of integrations. We would make a lot of people very angry. Uh, <laughs> be be included. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, like, we took a radical choice and said, like, yeah, we have this API. It's okay. Let's leave it there. We don't gonna update it anymore. But we will start building a new API. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there we took a bit the same process. Mm -hmm. We first made the documentation of the API and then start building the endpoints, which is like the opposite of what you would expect. Mm -hmm. It's um, so, and then you send the documentation to partners. Oh, wow, nice API. But you didn't thought of that and that, and then they really uh, start using it. And oh, but it's not working yet. No, it's not working yet. But thanks for the feedback. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and that's, that's different than normal processes. Normal processes are like, okay, we're going to build the API and then do the documentation afterwards. Yeah. Uh, we actually did it with our own API as well. When I look back at it, we also started creating just the first kind of documentation and thinking about the endpoints, what are the endpoints that we actually need. And I think that's, um, I think that's valuable for a lot of people to know mm -hmm. is that 
sometimes it's better to start kind of at the end, what you would not logically think is the end, mm -hmm. and go back to just doing that in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's all the, the idea behind test-driven development, of course, and everything mm -hmm. like that. So what I, was, uh, what I wanted to ask you is, so you have all these kind of developer teams. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you organized in that sense? Because you have like, it was like 35 developers, right? Mm -hmm. so, something like that. Um, how, how is that organized? How big are the teams and how do you look at projects that you want to pick up? Mm -hmm. So like today, the product development team is about 50 people, 35 real developers. Mm -hmm. And then we have like six, seven teams um, which have all their own product owner, product manager, uh, like product owner slash product manager yeah. as they take up both roles um, and then there's one or two front-enders and three uh, back-enders more or less uh, in every team um, and it used to be split up on the functionality but today it's more like on a project basis so every team has a focus uh, and they focus to improve uh, bulk actions on invoicing they want to do work orders they want to build a new feature for projects mm -hmm. uh, so we really focus on on things we want to develop um, and not as such to a certain module but more on a new thing we want to to implement or something we want to improve uh, mm. and uh, do they kind of work on the same as you said you you worked previously in like modules and everybody every team has a module that uh -huh. they're working on so do they like switch between modules now when when they do the project today it is possible that they switch between modules mm. uh but most teams are like a certain team is more uh, focused on CRM functionality. Yeah. Another one is more on projects, but they can move as, as they go. Yeah. And also as we have a mobile app and an API and the application, they it's not only modules anymore, but it's also like multiple devices or multiple ways to interact with the application. Um, so... In the beginning, it was just like the application, but now there are many other dimensions yeah, to, to the product. Um, yeah, and the, the the interesting thing there is that uh, when you look at it like that, it is it is even in some cases I think it's even better to let people work on different modules because they do, they will get a better sense of the complete product product right. You you get like the the kind of helicopter view in that sense. Well, I think indeed it's super important, especially for team leader, as mm. we have like this flow and the big added value of Teamleader is that those three building blocks are integrated. So if you as developer don't see the flow, mm. yeah, then the product will not represent that flow. Uh, and especially that flow is super important. Uh, otherwise, you can just use three tools. Uh, yeah. No, we want to have one tool, which, is, which has this flow inside. Um. Yeah, so wh wh what I was wondering, I have two more questions. What I was wondering about is that um, what what do you think the, these tools like Team Leader are going to in the future, right? So what's kind of the the future of those kind of CRM systems, if you can call it like that, or maybe a little bit CRM plus, if you can call mm -hmm. it like that, but a little bit more than that. Where do you think that's 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 heading? Is is it going to be because usually now it's still a lot of ha manual work, uh, updating contacts and everything like that. How, how do you see that changing? Yeah. Well, the API integrations already changed a lot. Um, and in the beginning, it's really kind of if this and that uh, integrations. If this happens on your website, someone fills in a form, then add a deal to Team Leader. And this is getting more and more intelligent. Um, we have integration like in Holland, we have like Lead Info, which takes data from people on your website, brings it to Team Leader. So it's way more like syncing and adding um, 
adding intelligence to to the tool and it's also it comes from the integration but also we ourselves are doing that um, like in deals it used to be indeed a deal flow and then you have multiple phases where you go through but more and more we're on a big pack of data and we can actually predict like now it's the time to have a meeting now it's time to call mm. uh, this one maybe put on lost because probably they will not buy yeah. um, based or, on age and stuff like that indeed uh, or just on 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 the data which is in your team account if you already sent five invoices to a certain customer and the you uh, mark them as paid after 50 days okay you can predict that this invoice will be probably paid after 50 days so you can do some kind of uh, prediction on the cash flow coming in mm. so that's really where team leader is heading and especially as if we have the multiple um, modules it gets really interesting if you know this deal gonna be one on average or probably in two weeks and your invoice will be paid in 50 days okay you know today that's in 65 days you will have cash from this deal which is super interesting mm. uh, yeah it's, it's more of a predictive model in that sense that you can see okay uh you know what's happening now but mm-hmm. this is g- going to be maybe your future right or you can maybe already see a pattern where your cash flow will be low i don't mm-hmm. know in a few months Indeed. where you're like okay we need to do something about this so that cash flow, cash flow doesn't dry up in mm-hmm. like october or something like that right okay but that's interesting and of course to wrap up mm-hmm. my last question what are you most proud of since you started the this whole adventure at team leader uh, where I'm proud of most, I think it's like bringing in the combination of the sales part, the partner part, the marketplace integration product parts, um, and connecting those dots. I think that's where I bring most value to the company and where I'm proud of most. Uh, okay, cool. Niels, thank you a lot for being here, <laughs> for coming all the way from Belgium uh, to, to do this podcast. Uh, and uh, of course, people can find Team Leader on teamleader.eu. And uh, you can, uh, uh, of course, uh, see everything there and uh, the pricing and everything that uh, that sort of surrounds that. Um, and thank you again. And uh, for uh, the listeners, you can find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com and also on uh, all major podcasting platforms. Um, and of course, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. It's all Bits vs. Bytes. And I'd like to thank you for listening. And until next time.